0: And welcome to episode eighty-three of No Crying in Baseball, the No Spoilers episode. My name's
1: Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. It's also the Happy Birthday episode. Happy Birthday to you! I, I'm not going to sing the whole thing. Oh, you are Okay, okay. <laughs> our listeners would would just turn it right off. And because I want them to hear this special birthday special show, yeah. Uh, I yeah, that. Say, okay. Right, that but you're thing. still talking. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Thank
0: you. Thank you. It is my birthday. I'm very happy to be here on my birthday. It's also the birthday of Nationals rookie Victor Robles, who turns 22 today. So I have a math problem for our listeners. Here it goes. I am Victor Robles plus Matt Grace. Years of age. So Victor Roble's age plus Matt Grace's jersey number equals Patty. And then Patty plus Matt Grace's jersey number equals our new best friend, Gerardo Parra.
1: We're already doing the math lesson and we haven't even said what's on the show yet. On the bright side, we're done with the math lesson. Oh, okay. Here's the spoiler part the spoiler part is
0: this um, Game of Thrones season finale series finale the whole big finale is tonight I kind of really dig the show and the books we're going to be at the Cubs game tonight because why wouldn't we celebrate my birthday at the Cubs Nats game not realizing that we were counter programming I'm fine to watch the show late I'm terrified about being on the metro with thousands of other people on the way home and having the ending spoiled so please please body block me on the way home.
1: I totally will, because I am fine hearing spoilers because I have not seen one episode of Game of Thrones, <laughs> so give me give me all the spoilers. I'll protect you. I'll, Thank you. Thank you for taking I'll it for this them.
0: particular team. I appreciate that. On today's show, we're going to give you the boyfriend update, and today's update is partially surgical, partially verbal, and I mean that in a potty mouth sort of way, and partially droppable, unfortunately. We're going to talk more about our new best friend, Gerardo Para, and... Hitting for the cycle, or not quite. We have great news about women playing baseball in Puerto Rico. History is being made this very day. And we're going to close with the question and answer portion of our premiere showing of Cami Kidder's documentary, Throw Like a Girl, so you can hear what happened even if you weren't there.
1: But first, we are going to do our baseball boyfriend update. These, again, are the guys that we chose, one from each team per P person on this Podcast. That's Patty or Potty Mouth. Oh, the yeah. pee people. Let's not yeah. go. let's that's, not keep that as a nickname. Terrible. I don't like where that All goes. Right, this is not. We have been be day continued. drinking, but
0: that should not lead to us being the pee people.
1: <laughs> All right, we'll go back to the boyfriend. So these guys are cool. <laughs> They're cool for reasons beyond baseball, and we do a little bit of checking in on them as we go along. And I want to check in on my guys for things that are not completely baseball related. But first, Leonis Martin, who I chose from Cleveland. Uh, he joined Cleveland late last season, right before he had this life-threatening illness, a bacterial infection that we talked about that go back to prior podcast. And he's given back. He went back to the ICU where he was and he brought them a jersey that was signed. And it said to the ICU doctors and nurses from Leonis Martin, thank you for saving my life. Oh, that's
0: wonderful. Super that's awesome. boyfriend
1: points right there. Absolutely. You have some boyfriend points? I have um, – well, I have a surgical
0: update. <laughs> so my A's boyfriend, Matt Olson, if you remember, had a bone removed
1: from his hand. Can you name the bone? That was the hamate. This is the one anatomy lesson podcast that's right. we, that we had. Not, I'm, I'm cruising. I'm, I'm you're one, for one. one up. You're yeah, at yeah, 100%.
0: You are getting good grades. So the anatomy. 34 games recovering from hamate surgery, but guess how it's been since he came back? Good. You're talking about it. It's got to be good. It's got to be good. So remember, we said that the hamate bone is not all that important, and clearly it's not, or maybe it was actually causing problems because in the past four games, Matt Olsen has hit three home runs.
1: He's back. That sounds familiar. I think you were looking into hammate removal being a successful thing. I think this could be your, your doctorate coming we have, up. We
0: have proved it. Okay, I'm going to do some more research and maybe do a little bit more um, drinking, and we'll see what comes up. Oh, I mentioned drinking twice. You know why? Because it's my birthday, and we've been doing it for a while now. And that's adorable. I'm going to tell you, um, uh, I'm from Cleveland, and this always happens kind of a story real quick. Um, Andy Diaz, who's my Tampa Bay Rays boyfriend, went to Tampa Bay from Cleveland. When he was in Cleveland, he hit a home run approximately every – 265 at-bats, that's that, not a lot.
1: I was going to say, is that's not a good ratio, right? In comparison,
0: in Tampa Bay this season, he's hit one approximately every 15 at-bats.
1: So you said there is no more math, but I'm really wondering what percentage that is right now. Big, mm-hmm. big. Okay. Let's go with big, Let's large with percentage. Big. And he also is tied um, for the lead on the, Bay, on the on
0: the on the Tampa Bay Rays with nine home runs so far this season. So yay for you, Yandy Diaz. I like that you're on my team. I wish there were more of you.
1: Yeah, and it would have been good if the Cleveland thing had pulled through. But at least yeah. he's on a good team. There they're, you go. Oh, Patty's ouch. baseball oh, boyfriend. Oh, no, I didn't mean I didn't mean like they're not. Like, Cleveland is really good. Oh, shit, I better, like, backtrack before. Okay, so why don't we move to potty mouth language. That'll
0: distract you. Go tell us about an ex-boyfriend of
1: yours. Oh. So I can't believe I didn't know this about this guy. So I, Ian Kinsler's been around, man. I had him as my boyfriend when he was on The Angels. And then I had to let him go when he was traded to my Red Sox uh, mid-season last season. So it was a little bit of a win-win situation. And I didn't realize that he has a potty mouth pr- propensity. Is that word? You the did word? it. Oh, look at you pop in the piece. All right, so they, yeah, our producer's gonna love this one. And he's with the Padres. With the Padres, <laughs> uh, uh. he is a potty mouth with the Padres. He has been not doing well this season, and apparently the fan base has been letting him know. He's been batting about one seventy something. Um, And and not being received very well. And this goes back to Patty's rules, though, for booing. I think it was not good on the part of the fans to boo him because he's trying the best he can. And
0: he knows he's in a slump. Yeah. It is no surprise to him that he's in a slump. You're not giving him new information.
1: And he's your guy. You want him to do well. Booing him is not going to do that. Anyway, he finally came around. He had a three-run home run and had a lovely behind-the-back bat flip. And then screamed "fuck you all" and sort of gestured around. Now, <laughs> who was he saying that to exactly? So, the, here's where the debate comes in. The fans have taken this personally. He thought that he was saying "fuck you all" to them. They are not appreciating this. Um, I, I kind of feel that they shouldn't be too defensive about that, though. See, see what we had said before. That they were wrong. They should not have been booing him. So him saying fuck you all in my book, Potty Mouth's Book of Rules, <laughs> that's <laughs> just fucking fine. Like, why not? but he's actually saying that it was it's some sort of inside joke like and you can see after he screamed it he had this little interaction with Manny Machado of all people where they were looked like they were joking around a little bit and he said it's a it's an inside thing and i'm not going to talk about it and, and when the press asked him like well can you explain the inside thing he's like what don't you understand about inside thing inside means that i'm not talking about it so I guess. And yet, you know what? He said it
0: out in front of thousands of people. So I don't think he okay. quite understands the inside thing either. Yeah, I guess right? that goes back to Using like. the outside m- words in front of a lot of people. Right. You're going to get the questions, dude. Yeah.
1: And that goes back to like the middle school thing too. Like if you have an inside joke, it's not cool to do it in front of everybody. And actually he later though, to give him a little bit more credit, he did say that he should have saved that for the clubhouse.
0: That's, so, that's absolutely true. Okay, I'm glad, he did I'm glad he's that. a little self aware.
1: He he is not aware enough, though, as I can understand being in the emotion of a ballpark and not being able to hold back when the f words are coming out of your mouth. That's I might have happened to me a couple times before.
0: And by your mouth, you mean your yeah, mouth? Okay, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So
1: a couple years ago. And I'm OK with this, too. He F-bombed Angel Hernandez, the very popular umpire that I think we've talked about <laughs> several times. air quotes around
0: popular just now.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it was one of those where, well, I mean, Kinsler was stupid enough to argue the ball or the striker, or whatever it was. And he was thrown out. And then he yelled back at Angel Hernandez, do your fucking job. And I think as he was exiting, he said, you're fucking terrible at your job or something like that. So a little bit of, you know, creative adjectives to... So
0: two things. I'm appreciating that you found actual quotes that allow you to swear, because that's what he said. I'm just telling Mm -hmm. the people what he said. And two, you brought up the booing, because we're going to a Cubs game tonight. So there will be a legitimate reason to boo if Addison frickin Russell gets played tonight.
1: Yeah, that's, you know, I think I'll do the stony silence. Okay. I mean, I'm definitely acknowledge it, but Mm -hmm. stony silence and look up donations
0: sidebar the I watched uh, the Cubs game on our local sports network and when he came up and there were booze they explained why they the Cubs did the, no the Cubs, no the, the, the announcers Cubs announcer the right. no the well the I was watching here the NASA announce oh, announcer okay, so. said here's why you hear booing and it was great they did a good job they, they did a pretty fair job of, of explaining that so yeah I go. would be
1: curious to hear the home team announcers do that like the Cubs announcers what what have they been saying right I cannot speak to that, but I can speak to
0: Jason Hayward and the word droppable. Potty Mouth used the word droppable about one of her fantasy league boyfriends the other week. And now here it is, my turn. So I put Jason Hayward in my starting lineup because he had a kick-ass... April. Hey, hey, Hayward. We hey, said hey, that. Hayward had a great April. So I put him on my, my starting lineup and he tanked for like so far the entire month of May. He's been tanking and Sports Illustrated used the word droppable in Fantasy League. And the quote that started the story was just so spot on. It made me sort of happy sad at the same time. Here it is. There's likely a pretty sizable overlap between Jason Hayward fantasy owners and those who are prone to getting back together With an X. Ooh. And it's like, yeah, okay, I totally see that. So, Jason, you're on the bench, bud, but I'm keeping you nearby because – prone to getting, but never mind. Yeah, (laughs) Moving on, moving on to a happy um, home run story about a boyfriend.
1: I've got somebody good on my team, apparently, which which is pretty rare right now, as we will find out later. But Chris Bryant of the Cubs, who I will be getting to say hello to later today, hit a home run in three consecutive innings, which would be really exciting if it hadn't been against the Nationals. So I'm not quite as enthusiastic about this, but it's, yeah, it's,
0: it's The sequels, um, yeah, bullpen for crap, but also Chris Bryant, rock and good, mm-hmm. taking advantage of it three, and and also the fact that he had at bats three innings in a row will tell you something else about oh, how shit. the game was going. Yeah, yeah. it was bad. Can we, let's get onto a happy Nat Gerardo Parra, who we told you about last week, who is our our new best friend. Potty Mouth and I went to a day game. It was so much fun to be at the ballpark in the middle of the afternoon on a gorgeous day. Temperature perfect. The The seats were great. The crowd was happy. Everything was good. And Gerardo Paro almost hit for the cycle. He had a single. He had a double. He had a home run. The triple's always the most difficult, right? So we were talking and we were coming up with, how can we make this be a cycle? How can we work this into a cycle? And then one thing we thought of was a wild card cycle. Like, is there something else he could do that we can insert in, the, in whatever spot, whatever hit they don't get? And, you know, it could be a walk, could be something. And then we thought, eh, what we really need is a mathematical cycle. So we get to use baseball math here, but a mathematical cycle would be, can the batter get to the base they need to get to without help from anybody else another way. So in this case, Parra needed a triple. So he needed to get to third base, but he needed to do it without help. By himself. By himself, because it needed to be the equivalent of hitting a triple. So he walked, and then he stole second base. So we thought, you know what, if he were able to, say, steal third base, he'd be on third base, and we would totally give him a mathematical cycle. He didn't, but we came up with new stats, and we're happy about that.
1: And I just think that it's pretty cool that he did lots of stuff, he, that he did the single and the double and the home run and the walk and the steal, that should be a whole nother category. Right?
0: It's yeah. a lot of boxes he checked off, especially the Patty and the Potty Mounts new best friend mm-hmm. box. We want to give a shout out to Astros reliever Ryan Presley, who has a record, an MLB record, 39 consecutive scoreless. Appearances and the last one, he actually made an amazing diving catch to get the out to make sure that stayed in place. So he was, as wow. they say, helping himself. The previous record was Craig Kimbrell from 2011.
1: So I would like to talk about a woman who is playing baseball today Yay. with men. Yay. In I'm not quite sure what word to use because I'm, I'm working on the Spanish. This is in Puerto Rico and it's in Double A. So that doesn't mean the same thing as it does here. I'm trying to understand the team. It's the Federación de Béisbol Aficionado de Puerto Rico, which is paid players, but not professional in the name. Um, it is the top league in the island, in the. and we're, I'm always going to struggle for the word to describe Puerto Rico other than colony, which is really kind of shitty, but not a country, uh, an island. And... This is the first time in 80 years of this organization's baseball on Puerto Rico that a woman has played with the men in double A. It's very notable to say though that the Federacion for the past ten years has had a women's league, league of women playing. Not, not a team, but an entire league, multiple teams? Six teams. And I don't understand why we all don't know this. I mean this is part of the United States. This is Puerto Rico. This is an area I mean does does Massachusetts have six women's teams? Does Maryland have they six women's now. teams? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean where there's the the New England gathering mm-hmm. but for one Territory to have its own women's league seems pretty impressive with playoffs and everything. And, and it covers the whole. Island, so it's like it, it would be the equivalent of
0: a national team. But what it is is a structure where women can play and get good and excel. And we just learned right now there's clearly a pathway to going to that other level, which is the the men's double A.
1: Yeah. Well, now there is. This is a first, and it's very unknown, and nobody really understands the ramifications of it or what it means from the future. I do know that the fork of the franchise. Yes, I said that right. So I was working on my Spanish right, and there was he this quote, fork, fork, yeah, like. So- Spoon knife tenedor fork, right tenedor. So I don't not so good with Puerto Rican uh, baseball Spanish. And I was reading this article, and somebody important said, "If she, if he's there next year, she'll be next year." And I was thinking, "Is this the owner?" And it turns out to be the manager. But the phrase that they used was "fork of the franchise," <laughs> and actually wrote to our friend Alfredo from Con las Vasas and he hadn't heard it either. So apparently, this is a very Puerto Rican phrase, not a Cuban phrase. I don't know. But wait, let, let's review that for one second, though. The thing that was the manager mm-hmm. of the team said, if
0: I am back next year, this player, this this woman player will also be on the team next year. That's huge. That is huge. Because when we said this happened today, we mean today. The day we are recording is her first game. What's was her first game.
1: Yeah. And it's important to note where in their season they are, because it's a little bit different than going on up here. Today is the last day of the regular season. Playoffs start, I guess, tomorrow or near a couple of days. So the team brought her in. In order to hold their home team advantage that they were going to have in the playoffs, which is incredibly notable, they brought her in as a strong player, not as a woman, not as a stunt, not as an end of the season. Let's do something cool to get more people to watch. It was to secure their position in in the playoffs. And she is good. Her team that she's been on for 10 years has won the Women's Championship nine of those 10 years. Dang. And this last season, she was batting 6'11". Yes, it's 6. 6'11". Now, it's a very limited number of that bats I think it was something like 18. So I'm not quite sure what happened. I know she's been injured for the past month and a half, which is why also she hadn't been brought in until today. They say that they would have brought her in sooner. I'm not exactly sure what happened. But today she's making history or she's made history. The game already happened. And uh, I saw a little bit of it. She got brought in in the fifth inning, which was the plan from the beginning. She's a first base person. So she was brought in when her team was on the field to play first. And she had two at bats, and the first one was fouled out, and the second one she reached on error. Now, the way that I just saw, like a cell phone camera version of this, so I'm hoping I can find some other video out there. I don't know what the error was. I think it was the third base person, um, but she got to first, and then she stole second. Rocking, and that she did by herself. That's fantastic. Was pretty confident. I mean, the, the the interviews that I've seen with her right before the game. She was being asked, like, what does it feel to be in a men's club? And she said she was ready. And she said, and actually one quote that I saw in print was, que vengan con todo, that they come with me with everything they have. I'm ready for it. I can take it.
0: Tell us her name again, because she's historic now.
1: Okay, her name is, did I even say that? I don't know. I don't think so. Sorry. Diamilet Quiles. And she's 33 years old. Diamilet Quiles, 33 years old in Puerto Rico. Oh, and she plays for the Montañeses de Utuado, the Mountaineers. And it's her hometown team. So she felt very proud to be wearing her hometown colors on the field.
0: Very cool. Very cool. I'm happy to to be able to talk about positive history being made. Along those lines, we, um, as we told you before, we're happy to host Cami Kidder and her documentary, Thrill Like a Girl, here a few weeks ago. After the film concluded, we had some Q&A with the audience, between Cammie and the people who came to see the film. Some of it was about the history of women in baseball. And some of it was about the film itself. So we are going
1: to share with you some of that Q&A so you can get a flavor of what happened even if you couldn't be there with us. And I just want to add, if you want to hear the entire Q&A, you can check us out on Patreon. Go to our show notes and we'll post it on Facebook and Instagram and and Twitter, that other thing, to go to our Patreon. And you can just for a couple bucks a month, you can listen to the entire Q&A.
0: We just saw a premiere. How cool is that? So Cammie's going to join us for a little bit and answer your questions. And I'm going to start us off and ask Cammie, you said that you wanted to end this with a call to action.
2: What do you see that as being? Um, So yes, so you can see that, like I mentioned earlier, we, we get a little squishy at the end there about trying to fit all this all this great stuff in that's happening but um, you know just the idea that girls baseball (laughs) girls baseball is growing really quickly and it seems really great but there's still so many girls that are being told you know this isn't for you and so we just want to raise some awareness that not only can they play and should they be able to play but some of them are very very good and there's no reason to not have them on your team but the biggest piece now is what if If you suck, you know, like boys, girls should have the right to suck at baseball, just like boys do, (laughs) because there's no like, you know, 10 year old boy being told, you know, sorry, you know, I'm not that they don't get cut and things like that. But you know what I'm saying? Like if these girls are succeeding because they work so hard and because they're one of the best players on the team a marginal player like me would still not make one of these teams so that's like i think one of the biggest areas and the other big side of it is they need some place to go so it's great that we have all this grassroots happening and and 10 year olds and 13 year olds and they're getting into high school and they're playing on the varsity teams we have one women's national team the men have eight Uh, (laughs) we've, we've won and so we need more of that but i i honestly believe that MLB needs to get involved and create a WMLB just like the NBA did with the WMLB. I mean, WNBA. And so that's kind of my personal um, passion um, to try to see if we can make that happen because, you know, you you fill the funnel, but then the funnel has to get somewhere eventually. All right. Do we have questions for
1: Cammie? Hi. I just want to say I very much enjoyed the the movie. and really appreciated getting to sort of see the, the history of women's baseball. I was wondering, particularly when you were going through the history, if there was a plan and maybe a, a further cut of the movie to talk a little bit more about Tony Stone or Connie Morgan or um, Mamie Johnson, just any of the women who played professional, professionally in the Negro Leagues.
2: Absolutely. That, that's definitely a section we haven't gotten to, and they're very, very important. And, of course, the part that they were not allowed – to try out for a league of their own is a really key thing and that they're like, okay, fine, if I can't play with women, then I'll play with men and just how amazing that was. Um, so we definitely want to expand into that. So thank you for that. Um, so I play on the DC force and my teammates here too. Um, we're the local girls baseball team. woo uh, thanks for coming out. Um, So I just wanted to thank you so much for making this. This is really important. It was also, I kind of saw our team in the background and a lot of our friends in girls' baseball, which is really cool. Um, We had the privilege of attending, actually, Trailblazer Series and um, seeing a lot of the work that MLB does. And I really want to appreciate what you're doing. And um, thank you, everybody, for coming out. So we're DC Force. This is Throw Like a Girl. And this is amazing. Thank you. Thank you.
3: how did you choose um, the subjects of your film? Because it seemed like there were a lot of people that you profiled throughout the piece, so I just was curious how you found them, if they reached out to you, if you just reached out to them, if there was a network of people you started to focus on.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, it, it kind of really unfolded the way it does a little bit. I went to that fantasy camp in 2005 with the idea that I was going to make this sweet little movie about a father and a daughter living out their dreams, and then neither one of us really got to play. <laughs> so they let us bat, but we never really took the field at all, and so we just sat on the bench a lot, and we have a lot of footage of that, which is weird. And, and the more I thought about it, the more upset and kind of, you know, really tweaked I was about it. And then I decided, then I heard about the women's national baseball team, and I was like, oh, I need to go to Venezuela, and I need to, like, actually, I originally thought, I need to try out for that team. And then I went to the tryout, and I'm like, I really suck, and I'm not going to try out for the team, but I can maybe promote the team and support the team, and so I went to Venezuela with them, and... And then then I found out the All-Americans still have reunions and I started going to them. And so I basically originally started out just thinking like I'll just talk to anybody who will talk to me because it's a pretty small community. And then the community kept getting bigger, which is super exciting. And so when it comes to just sort of picking and choosing who's in the film, we're gonna end up with a pretty robust website because there's so many more stories. Like if we get to make the series, it'll be amazing. But it, you know, we have a YouTube channel and things, so we wanna get things out there. But as far as Jade and Kelsey and Nyla, they really stood out because of everything that they achieved. You know, Chelsea, even though she was an amazing pitcher, I think the pressure maybe got too much and she just wanted to be a regular college student. So she's not even playing softball. She's not playing any sport as far as I know. And so that's important story, but it's not maybe the most uplifting. Um, And then quite a few of the other girls just switch sports altogether. Uh, Annie Walker's at Rice playing soccer. Uh, George, who talks quite a bit at the end about uh, daddy find me a place to play baseball. She switched to volleyball. And so I think that's a kind of another important part that we need to put into the film is the softball pressure to switch doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the best players on your softball team. That's why softball's not so excited about girls playing baseball, but they're leaving your sport anyway. You know, and so not that we want, you know, softball, we don't want to be the enemy You know, because it it should exist, and and people love it, and that's great, but it shouldn't be the only thing that girls are supposed to be able to do. Did that answer your question at all? Okay.
3: (laughs) Hi, uh, thanks for this work. It's really very good and interesting. Um, How long have you been making movies, and when do you anticipate that this one will be completed?
2: I made my first film in 2004, um, I was I had moved to L.A. fairly recently, and there were storage units everywhere, and I wanted to know why. So I just went around and asked people why they have storage units, <laughs> and that was before all the storage movies, shows, and stuff. Um, you know, I just had a question sort of like this. I have a question. I need to go figure out about it. So this is um, my second uh, feature-length documentary, and this one took... <laughs> like eight times as long as the first one. The first one was like, oh, I I have this idea and I talked with investors and I got an investor and I shot for six weeks and then we edited for six months and then it was in film festivals and it was winning and I was like, wow, I'm so good at this. (laughs) This is so easy. Um, And then I ran into this buzzsaw that has been (laughs) turning into my life's work. Um, And I made two, a couple of short documentaries. I I made a feature, um, my thesis, I got my MFA in the middle of this, and, and uh, my thesis is about my dad, who um, was actually illiterate until he was in his 50s. And so it's kind of his story about his, uh, how his life affected me, but how his redemption came. And, um, and if this film works in this configuration and we just need to clean things up and tighten things up and you, know, you know, trim some parts here and there, then you know we, we could be done by July. Um, but if we need to do kind of a big overhaul and, and really, you know, you know, cut out a lot of the history and put in a lot more about the younger girls, then, you know, it could be a couple more months. You know, unfortunately, when you get to this stage of a film, this is where the money comes in. Because you can see it's shot on different cameras and the sound levels are all over the place. And those are the things you have to pay like a, like a post house to do. not nothing I can do myself. So that's part of trying to find a distributor because then they might come in with the finishing funds, and that's part of when it gets finished as well. Great film,
0: I've been involved in sports my whole life, and this is a fight worth fighting,
4: because girls, females, males, we all need to be able to play what we wanna play. My question for you is, have you had
0: the opportunity to talk to professional coaches or ball players at the highest level, or at the college level, because I, or or even the high school
4: level, I'd I'd love to hear from a a, a coach's perspective uh, on
2: on having uh, girls play baseball. Interesting. I do have footage of that um, because a lot of times the the coaches at well, the coaches at Trailblazers were all women who were on the national team, which was awesome. The first year they did it, they were just kind of guys and stuff, and, and the umpires were all guys, and then that Perry, who you saw on there, she's an umpire, and she's like, wait a minute, why is this like a girls' baseball series, and all the umpires are men? Like, women can be umpires. And so this year, they were all women, um, except for the Saturday, they had to add a couple men in, just because there were so many games. Um, but I have coaches that, that coach in the USA system, and um, and they most, for the, by and large, they say that they prefer <laughs> coaching women because they they pay more attention <laughs> and and they're and they're more coachable because they don't know everything already. Now Dan's a coach, would you agree? <laughs> um so yeah, but I but that's a good note. We should we should make sure we have some of that in there. We just have that one coach I think that um that's that's Marty's coach in the high school game. Um but we definitely have that footage.
4: Hi. Uh, thank you so much for this work. Uh very inspiring. Um, I should say that I'm, I've been a coach of softball and basketball for 20-some years, and I retired recently, and a lot of it had to do with just being kind of worn down by the pervasive sexism and of dads and folks. But So that's kind of what I brought to when I'm watching this, so I have that bias. But I thought you did such a great job in terms of movement in the film, because early on, I was one of the people back here saying that jerk, because you <laughs> s- you established that this was frustrating and and you were alienated and didn't have fun at the camp and um, and we had that one guy who kept saying, "You know, just really." He was hilarious, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except, but then I thought, I can't take 78 minutes of this. <laughs> but it, the way it moved was toward, at the end, you know, we had these two, at least two pro players, very positive, Hulk Hogan, <laughs> you know. So uh,
2: I think, you know, there's some cleaning up to do, but I love the uh, trajectory. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I was actually... Putting myself in the film was a difficult decision because, you know, it's just kind of weird to make a film about yourself. Um, and I didn't have a good time. And it was really hard for me to watch that footage of listening to people being mean to me and saying, you know, unkind things. and But I was encouraged by numerous people to be like, no, it sets it up, you know, and it's a treasure trove. And I think it needs to be less. It's like 12 minutes. But, um, but yeah, just kind of establish that... <laughs> he he told he told this other story that my boyfriend told me I should take out of the film because it wasn't appropriate for younger audiences. Where he talked about his favorite memory from the camp was a camper who came uh, on a birthday gift from his wife and ended up leaving his wife for a local woman. And he goes, "That was a real major league experience." <laughs> We're like, "Whoa, okay."
3: <laughs> so. uh over here in the middle sorry (laughs) um so it was terrific so it was really thrilling and particularly to be here with with maya and her friend ella great for them to be able to see this and see their team up on the screen um so one thing just sort of uh to build on maya so we've got uh dc the dc region is really becoming uh, a strong sort of hotbed for dc girls baseball and i think at the first uh, baseball for all tournament they had one team there, actually it wasn't even a team, it was like five girls from the D.C. region. And then this past year we had three full teams, 11U, 13U, and 15U. And the oldest team has won the national championship the last two years. So it's really growing in this area. If folks want information, I'm on the board, and so we're, but we're still recruiting. So if you know girls who are interested in playing, we're, we're starting to, to recruit. Um, And the one just question, I think you're so right, like there could be so many different stories. And so I've found really interesting this uh, split in with pushing girls to softball. Um, And I'm wondering, you know, similar to to the question about adding the story about the women who played in the Negro Leagues is the Maria Pepe story of the young girl from Hoboken, New Jersey. And now there's a Maria Pepe tournament that Maya and her friends have played in. So I don't know if if you want to say something about that, or if that's something that you might add to this.
2: There's a, there's a woman, and I'm just blanking on her name right now, because she was another one, because there were several lawsuits all at the same time. Each state had a different one, and she sued in Michigan, and she came to one of the Dream Team's tournaments. Um, and, and it's just funny, because, you know, they're 12- they're and 13-year-old girls, and so they're sort of like, whatever, you know. <laughs> and they're like, no, she's the reason you're here today, and the coaches are trying to get them to, like, get it, you know. So, yeah, definitely a good point. To, to look into because that was that was seminal that that changed everything and then of course the conspiracy that Little League, uh, you know, said okay well you gotta have in, so let's have softball and they just kind of reinforced that old trope that that's what girls are supposed to play, even though Deborah pointed out softball wasn't even invented when people used to say this and men invented softball by the way. <laughs>
4: so I I was wondering um, if you considered having some
0: dialogue between the transition scenes and other because
2: to sort of let you know where you're going next yes yeah yeah I'm, I'm kind of planning on Michael mooring my way through this film that
0: sounds good <laughs> and I thought one at the beginning might be good also just we to sort of set up what's set happening it all up right thank you so yeah absolutely really a question yeah. but <laughs> okay so we have over there and then I'm going to end with you okay can you be our big finish get the final question right okay <laughs>
2: Thank you, I love the film. Thank you. Um, I was wondering, do you have any suggestions for people who are just baseball fans, like aren't involved in youth sports or any sports at all, except for as a fan of what we could do to help encourage um, you know, girls and women in baseball? Um, there's, there's a couple. I mean, what I would say, especially in your local community, if you if you care about this, then you should you know maybe go to the Little League park and see if there's any girls and see if they're getting any playing time. and if they're they're not, then you could actually volunteer to coach or you could start a girls' team or you could help um, you know financially you know support a girls' team. Um, I think that they're always looking for coaches and they're always looking for umpires on that level. and the more women that get involved, you know just makes it easier for, for more girls and more women to get involved. Um, And then, of course, there's any kind of, you know, social media or podcasting or any kind of way of getting the word out that, you know, the more we can normalize it in society you know the better so even if it's just i i try to post every day to the throw like a girl facebook page a couple of articles about girls that are excelling in baseball you know so you can always just share those you know just as a place to start and just like hey this is happening and girls are good at this and we should help them does that help stuff on social
0: media there's a couple good um, places to follow like throw like a girl and um, justine siegel's um, baseball for all for instance and um, dc girls baseball has a website and there's a couple podcasts in the room no crying in baseball resting pitch face over there we both talk about that's you know that's the best name that i didn't personally think of i'm just saying (laughs) all right we've got our last word over here
1: i really like your film
0: thank Um, you it was really interesting
1: Thank you. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much, Cammie. So coming up this week, actually coming up today... We're going to be going to the Cubs game, as we mentioned. We're going to do a little birthday celebration. We're going to boo Addison Rock. Well, one of us is going to boo. One of us is going to sit stone-faced. And one of us is going to try to avoid Game of Thrones spoilers. But then next week, we'll be back to see the Marlins play the Nationals. And it's going to be a bobblehead giveaway. It's going to be Marvel Day. So they've got Ryan Zimmerman as Captain Fricking America. Now I use fricking
1: in a good way there. So the Captain America Zim bobblehead next Saturday so excited. That is so cool. And I almost forgot to say what's going on with our fantasy boyfriend baseball league, maybe because I'm at the rock bottom. And I have no excuse. Yesterday, I did not make any changes. And I forgot. And today I woke up and thought, shit, I didn't make any changes. And I looked and I'm at rock bottom, but nobody's injured. So I don't know, my guys are just not not hanging in there. You, my friend are number five and moving on up. Wombo is in first place and the leftovers are still complaining because <laughs> they're in second place. He's going to give me shit for this because he's like, I wasn't really complaining. But he just pointed out that even though El Wombo did remove the aforementioned picture that was a problem that you called him on, he took that off. But he still has Trey Turner and George Springer who are not on the no boyfriend list. That's the thing. They're both little bit of an asterisk and maybe we wouldn't take them right now until they prove otherwise but we haven't banned them from the team from the league i th- I think those,
0: those leftovers have a little bit of um I, I they they're just a little bitter I think. Bitter Leftovers. I'm going to change the name. I have access to changing the names of the teams. Huh. I'm going to name that change that one to Bitter, bitter Leftovers. leftovers. <laughs> All right. The last thing that's happening for us this week is our, our kids, our, our respective daughters are finishing their last week of school before they are, become graduates. So yikes, wow. we might be a little tearful or a little relieved next week. You be here to make the call. In the meantime, please catch up on some back episodes if you're just new to listening to us. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating or review if you get a chance. And until then, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Goodnight, Potty Mouth.